Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. In paraphrasing this, it means to change or to recalibrate the way you think. Be open to thinking a different way. Think big, believe big, expect big results. Our Heavenly Father has sent His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you read the book of John, you see all the miracles and all the stuff that Jesus did when He began His ministry. And He told us greater things we can do. So He laid the foundation, tell us to walk in it. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome, welcome, online community. Today I will be speaking on the topic entitled, What Do You See? What do you see? This is kind of funny. Look at the person beside you and say, What do you see? see? (laughs) I know you say, I see your pretty face, I see your pretty eyes, but this morning... It's going to be a good word for the Lord has given me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we acknowledge your presence. We thank you for your amazing love for us. We bless your holy name, Abba Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds and our eyes to see you through your word as we empty ourselves Fill us up with understanding and clarity so that we may put into practice all you have for us this day. As I decrease, may you increase in me through your Holy Spirit. We know that you hear us. For this we give you all the honor and all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 12. Jeremiah just before Isaiah and after Jeremiah is Ezekiel. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 12. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak." Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, 
thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Amen. Amen. I want to give you an overview of, of uh, Jeremiah. During the reign of King Josiah, God called Jeremiah to be a foreordained prophet to the kingdom of Judah. The people had forsaken the Lord, and they were worshiping other gods. Jeremiah prophesied to the people of Judah that had they not surrendered to the Lord, victory would be in the hands of the opposing nation. Jeremiah was concerned with false and insincere worship and failure to trust God in national affairs. Jeremiah had periods of despondency, and he, he, he expressed he wished he was not born. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet or the suffering prophet. Jeremiah was completely committed to God. He was obedient to God pro proclaiming the word. He was considered one of the good prophets. Let's now, let's go back to J Jeremiah chapter 1, but I, I want to do something different. I'm going to read verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, and verse 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I want you to put your name there. So it's going to read, Thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet. Let us look at that verse saying, Before I formed thee, and put your name there. Your name, you're, you're in Jeremiah's place. This is what God did to you and I when he brought us into this world. You and I are the utmost children of God. We are not the almost, we are the utmost. The highest level children of God. We were born through God, but first we not, not the body, the eyes, the, all the parts of the body. We're spirit children first. We were spirit before we became flesh. So because our God is a spirit and he made us spiritual children first. Here Jeremiah again in verse 6. Let's go to verse 6. Here's Jeremiah talking to the Lord. And this is what he says. I, I Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. His response was negative. Here's God telling him who he is. And he's, he's telling God, no, I'm not. We do that sometimes too. But the Lord said unto me, Say, I am not a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Let's jump down to verse 9, Jeremiah chapter 1. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched his mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. God touched Jeremiah's mouth with his own hand, putting his divine word into Jeremiah's mouth, speaking truth to power. Truth to power. He could not exercise it if he had no truth. He could not exercise it if he had no power. When he spoke truth to power, then he was able to conquer that nation. What is God telling us today? My question is, why could Jeremiah not see? Why could he not speak? Why was he so negative for, about his assignment? Another question is, why at times we don't see? 
Jeremiah could not see because of his weakness, which were evident in his emotional breakdown delivering God's message. He had to deliver hard-breaking messages against the selfishness of the people of Judah for over 40 years. Sometimes we get so discouraged in doing and doing and don't see anything that you don't really even want to believe God anymore. But like God, God was just constantly speaking who he was to him. Let's go to the meaning of the almond tree. No, God has talked to him about this almond tree. The almond tree depicts watchfulness. It also represents delicacy, fortitude, and sorrow. Almond signifies favor, approval. The Hebrew word is shaked, which means to be eager, awake, diligent, ready to act. Are you ready to act today? Are you ready to see? Let's look at verse 12 now. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Verse 12 further tells us that the Lord promised to watch over the word to perform because Jeremiah could be confident now that he could get the job done. Jeremiah was able to see God's power and authority and accepted the victory. My question today is how do you see yourself? How are you looking at yourself? Let's look at verse 5, which says, no, James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If you lack wisdom, God said, I will give you wisdom and upbraid not. What does that all mean? God is not stingy in providing insight to those who walk in with him. I'm going to give my testimony a short version of it. <laughs> Growing up in Panama Canal Zone, uh, coming from a large family, it was four boys and four girls. And uh, my mom was the bedrock of our family. I was third to last. I, at the age of eight years old, I knew that in our house there was a lot of fights and arguments and constant chaos. I didn't understand what was going on, but I was eight years old. I remember my grandmother putting me in a closet when I go on my mission trip and I go back to that house and I said, Lord, how did I survive this? <laughs> and I don't know what happened in that closet at eight years old. And time went on. At the age of 12, missionaries came to Panama and they built a, a church. And my mom sent all of our brothers and sisters to church we were a singing family, so we were all indulged in the church. I remember at Sunday school at the age of 12, uh, they introduced me to Jesus Christ, and I, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I didn't know anything about God, but it seemed like there was a seed put in my heart, and I just, I just loved it. I, we all went to church morning, noon, and night. I didn't realize that at that time, Learning about God without the Holy Spirit, you're just in religion. I just went to church because I liked it. I escaped from all the chaos at home. But it was religion. But I loved it. I didn't have to think about the chaos in my home. And I loved this Jesus. I loved Sunday school. I love all the things the Baptist church taught me. Little did I know that um, years later, all of us would come to the United States. So at the age of 18, it's my, my turn, third to last, to meet my other brothers and sisters in New York. 
for a better life. Uh, three years later, I began to feel sick. And uh, just sick. I don't ever remember being sick in Panama. I remember just the fights, but I don't remember being sick. And I continued being sick. And my mom said to me, well, I need to take you to the doctor. Uh, I never even went to a doctor in Panama. We just, we just had home remedies for everything. <laughs> and the doctor said, oh, just because you came from uh, Panama and you live in New York and it's cold in the winter and all that, you know, that's why you're sad. Well, it didn't go away. It kept on, on, and on, and on. My mom took me to another doctor. And the doctor said, you are depressed and dysfunctional. I was about 23 years old. I said, what is depression and what is dysfunctional? I never heard those terms in Panama. And so... It was new to me. You know, growing up in Panama, you're, you're so innocent. As I told the kids, if you held a guy's hand, you were going to get pregnant, you know? <laughs> and, and if you kissed him, you had twins, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's, that's the kind of fear of the Lord we had back there. And uh, anyway, I, I, I escaped to religion. I escaped back to the Baptist church with my brother and uh, because he also was deep into music and I escaped with him and just kept going to church because this all I knew. Some people go to drugs, some people go to alcohol, they go to whatever. All I knew was Jesus. Jesus was my drug. I didn't understand anything now about the Holy Spirit, but at that time, he was my drug. As long as I was in church, I felt good. But when I left church, I was back into the hole. I can remember uh, because of singing, I had the opportunity to go to the Bahamas. And it was a huge, beautiful place. The Bahamians are very stoic, British type of people. And nothing moves them. I had sung and sang, and they were all blessed. And I went back to the hotel, and I said, God, why are those people happy and I'm depressed? And I was young in the Lord still, but I could still hear him saying, I want to make you whole. I just heard that. I was, I, I was probably in my 40s. Uh, I want W-H-O-L-E. I didn't understand it, but I held on to that word. Finally, I began to continuously study about depression. Depression is like a, a battery in a car. Every morning you get up, your battery turns on. Brush your teeth, do whatever you got to do. When your battery is dead and you crank up, it doesn't move. It's dead. That's how the brain is. Because the neurotransmitters in your brain are like scrambled eggs. They're supposed to be scrambling all day long. But if you get up and nothing is scrambling, you don't want to move, something is wrong. With your neurotransmitters are just dead. Yeah. On, on, on top of that, you've got the devil, Satan himself, that is a tormentor, yeah. that is wicked, yeah. that wants to hold you down, just like he wanted to hold Jeremiah down. And it's, if you have a heart problem or a, a disease or something hurts, but with depression, nothing hurts. It's just something just keeps tormenting your mind day in and day out. Just like Saul, when he was depressed, David had to play the harp. 
So we are spiritual beings too. So the enemy comes against you in this depression and you have no clue. You can look dressed and blessed all outside and inside you are just falling apart. I continue to walk by faith no matter what. I continue to trust God. I have gone to Ghana and Kenya depressed and watched God move. I have traveled because many times I was still running, but I was holding on to God and the word that he gave me. When I began to study depression and study the ins and outs and read the word of God and know the power and the authority that God has given us in his word, today I am completely healed, completely delivered. Not a medication at all. Not a pill. The word of God is my medicine. This word of God is a healer. It's a deliverer. I have suffered decades of depression. And without a doctor's help, the doctors asked me, well, how, how do you get well? I said, Jesus. I said, doctor, how are you doing? He said, you want to hear my problems? He needs Jesus. It, it, it's just amazing. I was looking at the mindset in 2023. And I want you to say something about 2023. I want you to say adios. 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 That means bye-bye. We're going to say bye-bye to 2023. Amen. What it is going to take for you to see. I want to talk about four things. But before I do that, this is what God says in John 14, 13, and 14. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he repeats it in verse 14. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Begin to see the best version of yourself. Begin to see what you desire. What you see needs no resistance. Say, no resistance. There are four things that I believe we need. You need sight. Sight is to see. And you need the right. The right to see. And you, you, you need might, which is the strength of the Lord. And then you need to fight. You've got to fight. I could not be well today if I didn't fight. This is a fight. So we need the sight, the right, the might, and the fight. Praise God. In the book of John 10, 10, God says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. What does that mean? Abundance of joy, strength in the body, and more an abundance, more than enough. Having peace. I've got so much peace, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. You know, I, I am just, I'm just so thankful to God. Because in Ephesians 3.20, he said he's able to do exceedingly above, more than I can ask or think, according to his riches and glory. And then... In Genesis 13, 15, he says, For all the land which thou seest will I give it to you and to thy seed forever. Pastor talked this morning about in prayer, faith works with big ideas. Faith without movement is dead. God wants us to live a life with big ideas and dreams because we serve a big God. Jeremiah 
chapter 32, verse 27, God said, Is there anything too hard for me to do? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three Hebrew boys went in a fire furnace. They had to see that somebody was in there. And they went in there and came out. Not, not, not even the tiny burn. David had five smooth anointed Holy Ghost stones. And he killed that giant. And then Daniel in the lion's den. Somebody said, why didn't the lion eat him up? Because it was dead meat. <laughs> the lion wanted live meat. But the, oh, could these guys see? And this is what God is saying. If I have shown them, and I've sent my, my son Jesus Christ to show it by example, why aren't we not seeing? I decide I want to see. Tell somebody, I want to see. I want to see. Amen. Pastor Stroud had a big idea to build a media center here on this property. The center here is on the road. He talked about it. But I can, I can imagine the praying and fasting and sweat, blood, and tears. I can imagine his wife, Pastor Sumiko, and children saying, Lord, help him. <laughs> And, but just to see the vision that he had, you know, zoning, I have no idea, but you come, you've got to visit this place. And it's here today, but I can hear Pastor Stroud saying, no resistance. No resistance. I could see him seeing, having the sight, the right, the might, and the fight. Let us turn to Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this word, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. In paraphrasing this, it means to change or to recalibrate the way you think. Be open to think in a different way. Think big. Believe big. Expect big results. Our Heavenly Father has sent his son, Jesus Christ. And if you read the book of John, you see all the miracles and all the stuff that Jesus did when he began his ministry. And he told us greater things we can do. So he laid the foundation, tell us to walk in it. Ah, but sometimes we just, we just don't do it. I am walking today as I'm a miracle. The doctors told me I should have been, I would die. Sooner or later, depression would kill me. I told him, whose report do you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. Glory to God. Jesus shed his blood on Calvary for us. And it washed all of our sins away. It washed us completely that we are new in him. Let me share another story. The Dr. Late... Uh, Miles Monroe of the Bahamas, everybody knows Miles Monroe, great teacher. He said when he started out his ministry in the Bahamas, his friend invited him to play golf. And he said, he told his friend, I don't want to play any golf because Bill Cosby's show said golf is for fools. But he said his friend just kept telling him, you've got to learn to play golf. And he went on and began to play golf, and he got better and better. One day, 
the friend took him out, and when he got to the golf course, there were all these wealthy people. I didn't know on golf is where they negotiate, and they strategize, and they talk. And he said he got connected with a whole lot of other people and wealthy people, and as a result, his ministry just blew up because he got opportunities, he got the money to do the stuff, just connecting through a little ball. Just a little ball connected him. So Miles Monroe said, if he didn't change his or recalibrate his way of thinking, he would still think golf was for fools. But now as a result, because he changed his thinking and was willing to open up his mind, it opened up opportunities for him to present the gospel. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. When you have dreams and visions that will bring increase and prosperity, when God blesses us and we have all the dreams and all the things that God is going to bless us, he tells us this in Deuteronomy 8, 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy father this day. There are 7.8 billion people on the earth. There are souls to be saved. There are people to be reached. There are money and things you need to get your vision done. We need God to do this, but he's saying, don't forget where you got it from. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do it. And then Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But sometimes we say, I can't do that. God is saying, I can do it, but I'm saying, I can't do that. But the thing I think we say sometimes is, I won't do that because. I won't do that because that person did that to me. I won't do that. And we have so many reasons why we, says, we say we can't and we won't. Take a moment and think about when you were in high school. You had big dreams, you graduated, and you're getting ready to do all the things that you came through high school to do. And you launch out to do this thing, and then what happens? Life happens. Barriers, setbacks, life interruptions, stress, life delays, sickness, divorce, Separation. This setback causes us not to look at our dreams anymore. I just, I just want to let you know, had I looked at what the doctors told me, had I looked at the years and years of depression that so many people who are depressed today still can't get well. What if I didn't keep that word, I want to make you whole? I probably would be still depressed. But because I trusted God. And I know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I know when God said the work that I've begun in you, I will complete. And the God that said, I formed you in the belly and I know your name. I know the plans I have for you. When I began to believe that. As long as I was believing the feelings and the sadness and all the other junk, 
Satan said, you have company. So I realized I had to change my way of thinking. I had to recalibrate. I just know that there are many people today are still suffering depression and their stuff. What happened to me as a little girl is when I went into that closet, that little girl, eight years old, was still depressed. So even when I grew at 23, the eight-year-old was still crying. The eight-year-old was still depressed. The, I, I, I was there working in New York and, and singing and going, but that little girl controlled because it was not dealt with. I don't know what happened in your life, but I know that we got to get to the root, the root of the disease, the disease. They're all listed in the Bible, those diseases, but Jesus eradicated, wiped them all out. And if he did it for me, that should be dead or in the crazy house. He will do it for you. I don't want to be a fake. I love this Jesus. He's my doctor. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. And I, I want to tell others about Jesus because I know what he's done for me. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. But you've got to be willing and open and say, I'm going to recalibrate. I'm going to change today. I'm going to make a change in my life. God loves us so much. It's amazing how he loves us. And he loves us so that we can love others. There are people that need your help. There are people that are reaching out. And God formed you with a purpose. He said, I know the plans I have for you. You have gifts and, and talents. You have stuff that's locked up inside. But you need to remember the four things today. Sight. That goal. Right, I have the right to that goal. Might, I have the strength of the Lord. And I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. And when he begins to change you, you just changed. You just changed to be more like him. I had religion, but no, I have relationship. I have relationship. I know who wakes me up four o'clock in the morning and talks to me and talks to me. And he's so good. Sure, the enemy shows up and he wants to knock things in the house and do all that sort of stuff. But I like Satan, I'm going back to sleep. Because I had so much fear from, from depression. Depression brings fear. You're just, you're just afraid. And that's the spirit of torment. But he's given us love, power, and a sound mind. So I want to encourage you today that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is your opportunity. You can't do it without him. And you know the wonderful thing? When it's all over here, I've got glory. He's waiting for us, waiting for you and I in heaven. And we, we want to tell others because we don't even want our enemies to go to hell. Because well, that's why you have to love your enemies and people that do you wrong because you want them in heaven with you. So whatever they've done to you, forget it. Love them in spite of it. Because that's a soul that we don't need to go to hell. It's enough hell on this earth. We are called to love. God is love. God is truth. God is power. God is all able. No, I'm not better than you. You're not better. We're all one for his glory because we are his children. 
So today, I thank God for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is your opportunity in your heart just to receive him. And I guarantee you, he will get it done. He has something for you to do that nobody else can do. The church of God needs to be built. We need to go out and evangelize and tell others about Jesus. We've got to look at people that are depressed and hurting. When you have a skill, you need to give it to somebody. You got to share his love and you got to forget about yourself. I was running serving the Lord depressed. I was in many countries depressed because God said, Wendy's not about you. It's about my glory. Jeremiah had to preach a hard message, hard message. And even though he was broken, God then told him, look at the almond tree. There's, there's authority, there's favor, there's delicacy, there's eagerness. And I am going to hasten. God said, whenever idea you got, I'm going to be rushing to get it done for you. Woo! Oh, he want to get it done for you. So today I just thank God for this opportunity and I ask God to bless each and every one of you. We thank God for the community online. We've asked God to bless them. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today, only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.